Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Just ask his word to touch our lives. Can we do it? We love you today. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, thank you today, God, for all the gifts that you have given us through, through uh, time, God, the gifts of your spirit, the gifts of helps and healing, and the gifts of direction, and the gift of encouragement. We thank you, Lord, for being present this evening in our service and just so evident in our praise and worship. And I ask you now to touch my heart and mind and just strengthen us together, Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. And you, you can be seated. I would just ask you, if you will, to pray that the Lord will just touch all of us together tonight. Amen. In recent days or the last couple of weeks or so, I have... Uh, just felt especially inclined to thank the Lord for his sustaining power. Amen. Just the power of the Lord to, to just keep me. Um, when I look back over my shoulder, so to speak, look back in time and, and I see some of the things that I have encountered personally, individually, I see some things that we have walked through as a family, and then I see things that we have walked through as a church. I'm very thankful for the sustaining power of the Lord. Amen. God just has a way of preserving things and holding us, even at times when we're uh, perhaps not, not even aware of the ability of God to just keep us. Um. The prayer of Jabez is a very familiar prayer to many people. But Jabez asked the Lord uh, to bless him, to enlarge his coast, to be with him, and then to keep him. Keep him from the evil one. Keep him from evil. And uh, I'm thankful for that keeping power. Amen. I've... I've um, was raised in a home where my mother did a lot of um, canning and preserving. And, and um, I remember a particular period of time where she made, um, or she preserved at least, uh, pickles and things of that nature and, and okra. And, and it was just amazing to me, and still is somewhat, that uh, you can preserve something just right and it will be as fresh a year later as it was the day that it came out of the field, if you do it right. We've, on occasions, not gotten it right. <laughs> but, if, <laughs> but if you do it right, if you do it right, it is, the seal breaks and, 
and there it is. And the, the, the aroma of the kitchen smells just as fresh as it would have the day that those, that those vegetables or whatever were, were picked. And I'm, I'm thankful for that power in the spirit to keep us and to sustain us. Amen. And, and I, I've, I've got a thought this evening and I hope I can just convey it. That's always a little bit of concern, I think, for anybody that's speaking. You may have something in your heart and you just hope it comes out right. And so I just kind of hope it comes out right. And I'm sure at this point you do too. <laughs> but I, I'm deeply appreciative of every time that God has moved demonstratively in my life. And so I, I want to talk about a few things for a little while, and I don't want to set the trajectory of our thoughts in, in the wrong direction, nor do I want to seem cavalier or uh, unappreciative of the Spirit of the Lord moving in my life. But I think that there have been times in our walk with God where we have felt such a sure and powerful and maybe you could even say for us individually unprecedented anointing of the Lord to move in our lives. Now I may share a couple of things tonight that I've shared before but if you've heard the story just bear with me. But there have been times when the presence of God was just so powerfully upon me as an individual, and I, again, many here tonight could probably insert your name into this sentence as well, felt such a tremendous anointing of the Lord that when that anointing lifted, I was completely weakened. I mean that literally, in the most literal sense. I remember preaching one night in a, <clears throat> I remember preaching one night in, in a service in Tennessee, and... Um, the anointing of the Lord was just moving through me and I'm, I'm just testifying, I'm not boasting and I'm truly going somewhere. But the Lord was just moving through me in such a way that I was aware that it was not me talking, but the Lord speaking. Now it was my voice and my vernacular and it was certainly coming out at my level of education, but it was, it was the spirit of the Lord that was just moving. And uh, I had stepped off the platform and was over to those three sections of pews, much like here, and I had stepped out to this side and there was a, the, the brother-in-law of the pastor of the church was uh, sitting there on the end of that pew where Brother Jerry maybe commonly sit. And, and as I began to, to preach... And I was saying things that weren't in my notes, so to speak. It was just the Lord speaking. This man's name was Brother Dwight. Brother Dwight stood up and simultaneously for just a few seconds, as I spoke, he spoke the identical same thing that I was speaking. It was an incredible moment. I mean, it was just such a strange phenomenon for me. It was just such, that, that may happen every day in your life. I don't know. <laughs> But it was a phenomenal, strange thing to realize that God was speaking through human vessels. He and I have had the occasion to, we don't see each other, but every several years. And um, we're almost never together that we don't mention that moment. It was just such a strange th 
thing, uh, in a good way, but just such a strange thing. The anointing of the Lord. I've often thought about the passage of scripture where, where Jesus said concerning the woman with the issue of blood, that he said that he knew someone had touched him because the virtue had gone out of him. Now this woman had an issue of blood, had sought for help on every corner of the earth, spent all that she had. And the word virtue in this particular passage of scripture means authority. And so the authority over that issue of blood flowed out of Jesus and into her. And apparently there is some indication that there was a physical feeling in the man Christ Jesus because of the anointing, that authority that moved. And so he felt that authority leave his body. I have felt the anointing of the Lord at times. It was just hard to describe praying for someone. And I have, and I'm not trying to liken myself to Christ at all, but I, I, I have prayed for people and I have felt something leave me. And I believe in that. Paul said in Romans 1 and 11 that he belonged to see those at Rome to impart something. I think something came from him. The Bible says of Moses, the Lord said to Moses instructionally to choose 70 elders out of Israel. And he said, I'm going to take of your anointing. Not from it, but I'm going to pull of your anointing. And I'm going to put that anointing on these men. And, and those men were prophesying and they were moving, but that came through the vessel of Moses. And, and God has just chosen to use mankind. I think I have been hopefully clear through the years that I believe that anyone who has the baptism of the Holy Ghost has the power for the gifts of the Spirit to move and operate in their life. And so I don't think you need a, a license to be a credentialed minister of the gospel to lay hands on somebody in a sick room or a hospital or wherever it may be and the Lord move. Amen. The Lord move. I, I believe that. And um, I, I have been thinking about the last many services where the Spirit of the Lord has just been so evident. Most recently, this past Sunday, what a powerful display of the presence of the Lord just moving upon his people. Now, I know that there were several things that happened Sunday because I was a witness to them and a part of them. But I, like you, were only just in one place and could only see what was going on around me. But I believe that the Lord, and absolutely know that the Lord had moved Sunday. I knew that in the service, as well as many of you knew that God was doing things beyond what we could even, even imagine. And Brother Bobby, I'm not wanting to steal your thunder tonight, but if I can share a little bit of what happened Sunday at, uh, at the prison Sunday after our service, they baptized how many? 13, 13 men were baptized, and how many received the Holy Ghost? Four received the Holy Ghost, and one man received the Holy Ghost before he got into the water. The Spirit of the Lord just began to move, and he began to speak with other tongues. Amen. <laughs> so what a tremendous presence of the Lord, and those are tremendous testimonies, and I'm thankful for that. I have received several text messages and emails stating what the Lord had 
had, had done in their life during the service on Sunday, but not just the service on Sunday. I felt impressed of the Lord about three-fourths of the way through the service to ask Elder Brother Gibson to say something. I battled with that a little bit, to be honest with you, because I know how much effort it takes for him just to get here. You heard a little bit of that if you were here Sunday. And I knew as I looked over at him and I could just tell that, you know, it had probably been a, a little bit longer service for him than it had been for most everyone else. And his body was feeling all of the minutes that he had been here. But I just felt like that, I just felt like that we should do that. And, and I walked over to him and I'm not trying to air his laundry, but I walked over to him and I asked him and he said, I just don't know if I can do that. And he said, I'm not feeling well at all. And I, and I said, I understand that you're not, but I believe God's got something for you to say and he's going to give you those words when it's time. And uh, he just nodded his head. And uh, when the service was over, I'm not just trying to pull people randomly here out of the crowd, but when the service was over, Brother Chris Osborne came to me and he said that he felt like that the Lord had given Brother Gibson a word for us, and he said, you know, and he said, I knew when I saw you walking toward him, that's probably what was unfolding. And uh, I knew that he was very weak, and I could tell as the service went on that he was getting weaker. I stepped over to Sister Amanda and I said, You need to pray for your father in law, but that the Lord will just touch him. I, I believe God's got something to say. And if you were here, you understand that what an incredible thing as Brother Gibson began to speak, his voice was strengthened. His body was strengthened. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I, maybe not everybody knows this, but he got horribly ill after the service. And I believe it was the anointing that had just moved through him that further drained him physically. Amen. But I believe that, that we need to understand that what he said, a portion of what he said, he said, if you don't get what you need today, that God is going to give it to you this week. Amen. I received text messages from Sunday until today that said when he said that, I held on to it. And God has heard my prayer and God has touched me in this. And so that was a, I believe, a prophetic utterance. I believe it was absolutely a prophetic utterance and it was a confirmation to those who maybe understood the service is over and the lights are being turned out. But God said, just hang on. You don't, if you don't get it here, you're going to get it there. And so I'm thankful for that. Speaking of the power of God quickening, <laughs> what a quickening we saw in Brother Gibson's life. We witnessed that anointing. And uh, I went to visit with him a little bit Monday and he was still glowing. <laughs> Just the presence of the Lord and the power of the Lord. And, and um, we have uh, received those words of confirmation. So we hold on to that. And I'm thankful for those seasons where the Lord just steps in and he just reveals his power and his strength. Now, for the most part, humanity is, we are certainly connected and in tune with emotions. I know it may appear sometimes that people are, have a little less emotions than others, and some may be more demonstrative than others, and, and that's our own individual makeup. But I believe that we all have we all have emotions and we reveal those emotions and we show them in different ways. And so we see that the Lord moves and I'm thankful for those demonstrations, those moments of demonstration. And so I don't want to 
we're fixing to kind of exit off here just a moment. I don't want you to think that that I am opposed to or uh, anything of the Spirit of God moving. That nothing could be further from the truth. In in the Scripture, we see many occasions where um, the Spirit of the Lord or the power of the Lord moves upon people or moves upon things. Sometimes it's people, sometimes animals, sometimes inanimate objects. But we see the Lord moving. The Spirit of the Lord moved in Genesis, the very beginning, Genesis 1 and 1. And, and, and creation was the end result of that ultimate Spirit of God moving. I, I have submitted to you on many, many occasions that the Spirit of the Lord started moving then and has never stopped moving. He is always and forever moving and the kingdom of God is dynamic and it is not static. And, and so that means that we have, if the Spirit of the Lord is moving, we better be moving. The Spirit of the Lord moved on wild animals just prior to the flood, as I mentioned just a service or so ago, and violated everything about their nature. And in unison, now I don't know how it played out. I know how artist renditions have have given that to us, two by two, they loaded up on the boat. We don't know, we do know two by two, but we don't know exactly how that took place. But we do know that God moved on the nature and certainly violated, in many cases, the given nature of that animal and they moved onto the ark. They systematically loaded. In Numbers 22, the Bible introduces us to a man by the name of Balaam and there was an angel that was standing before Balaam and when he couldn't see it, God opened the eyes of the donkey he was riding to see it. And when, when Balaam kept trying to move forward on three occasions, he smote the donkey. Finally, the donkey moved to such a way and crushed his foot, what the scripture says, up against the wall. And, and so it wasn't just enough that he opened the eyes of the donkey, but then he opened the mouth of the donkey and he gave them the same dialect as Balaam and they had a conversation it's in your Bible amen it wasn't they didn't talk for days but they had a conversation <laughs> it's the truth the end result was that finally the voice of the donkey positioned Balaam to open his eyes and see the angel that was standing in front of them. So God moved. God moved in Genesis. God moves here and God moves there. In the New Testament, to use another animal illustration, God moved. Now it was the nature of a rooster to crow, of course. And, a, and a roosters don't just crow in the mornings. If you know anything about them, they sometimes crow uh, randomly throughout the day. But Jesus had already told Simon Peter. He said, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows. And when, that, when Peter denied him the third time, Jesus said, now. You know what I mean. And that rooster, and he moved on the nature of that rooster to crow. And nobody else around knew what was going on. But Simon Peter did. That was the crow heard around the world. And so he moved on him. And instantly, 
the spirit of the Lord convicted him and he went and wept bitterly and it was in those bitter tears that he sought um, redemption and found redemption. <clears throat> and there are many, many instances where the Lord moved and he moved mightily for brief periods of time. Just the winds of the, of the spirit of God moving. It would, I think, almost be impossible to find, certainly be difficult to find every instance where the Lord moved on someone or the Lord moved on something. But I think we see evidence of God's spirit moving in many different ways on many different things. I believe the burning bush, as you believe, was the spirit of God moving and he spoke to Moses. I believe the rock that issued the water, that watered the children of Israel. I believe that was God moving on a rock. You know, generally that's not what happens, but God moved upon that. When they were trying to decipher certain one certain thing at one particular juncture of scripture, the Lord said, Have all of these men lay their rods down, and we'll see what happens in the morning. And in the night, God moved on an inanimate object called Aaron's rod. And it not only budded, but bore almonds. God moved. And I'm thankful for those times that God moves. There are places in scripture where there is an underlining of the spirit of the Lord moving on someone. The Bible talks about Othniel in Judges 3 and 10. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he judged Israel. And he went out to war. He led them. The spirit of the Lord came upon him and he led a regiment of men to a sure victory. The Bible talks about a man by the name of Gideon in Judges 6 and said, and the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet. And we're thinking how many people could blow a trumpet in the absence of the spirit of God? Amen. It wouldn't take much effort or energy to blow a trumpet without the anointing of the Lord. But you see, when the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and Gideon began to blow the trumpet, even as innocent as this may sound, but God used that trumpet through Gideon to summon soldiers to war. Amen. And if you have never read the story of Gideon, it, Gideon it's a fascinating, a very fascinating story to say the least. A man by the name of Jephthah in Judges 11 the Bible says when the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and this is a, a sort of a bloody story in the sense that he said, God, I'll give you the first thing that walks out. I'll give that to you. And he had no idea, no way of knowing, no way of seeing around the corner that the first thing that would step out of his house would be his daughter. But nevertheless, even at the beckoning of his daughter, he, she said, we must keep this covenant that you have given unto the Lord. How could you think about the spirit of the Lord moving on people and our mind not go directly to Samson. Samson had God's spirit move on him at multiple, multiple times. In Judges 13, we find that the Lord as a child, the Bible says of Samson, in Samson 13, that the Lord blessed him and moved. Amen, there was a blessing of the Lord and a moving of the Lord upon him. In Judges 14, we find that Samson was with his mom and dad on their way to Timnath. And for whatever reason, the Bible says that Samson turned by the vineyards. 
He had a Nazarite vow. He had taken a Nazarite vow. A part of that Nazarite vow was to not touch any dead thing. Another part was to not drink any wine. Another a strong drink. And another was to not cut his hair. And so why would somebody with a, with a Nazarite vow even be in a vineyard? Amen. If you want a Coke, don't stop at the beer joint to buy it. Amen. You don't, Samson, you had no business even walking through the vineyard. There's no sense in tempting yourself. And the Bible says that a young lioness jumped out and the spirit of the Lord, when that lion roared against him, the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and he rent him as he, he would as a kid. It was just nothing. And the Bible even, I believe there, specifies that there was nothing in his hand. There was another, in other words, there was no weapon in his hand. He rent him with his bare hands. There's not many people that have that testimony. Verse 19 of, of Judges 14 says again that the spirit of the Lord came upon him and he slew 30 men. It's 30 men. In Judges 15, the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord came up mightily again upon Samson. He used the jawbone of a donkey and he killed 1,000 men. The spirit of the Lord moved. The spirit of the Lord moved. The spirit of the Lord moved. The Bible at another point in time talks about him taking up the gate of the city and taking it out to the hill and setting it down. Multiple times the spirit, I think, quickened him when he was laying in the lap of Delilah. Amen, he was quickened by something. Amen, he was quickened to break the new bowstrings. He was quickened to break the new ropes. Finally, at the end of his life, when it's all about to be said and done, so to speak, he places his hands upon the pillars. He had requested the lad that was leading his blind soul. And he said, if you would just place my hands upon the pillars. And Samson prayed one final prayer for the Lord to just move one more time in his life. And God heard that prayer. And it was said of Samson that he slew more in his death than he did in his life. Amen. There are still others where the spirit of the Lord moved upon them. The Bible talks about a man by the name of Saul, a very familiar Bible character to most. The Spirit of God was upon Saul until he refused to kill the Amalekite, until he took home treasure that didn't belong to him, until he disobeyed a direct command from God. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord was taken away from Saul. Amen. The Bible talks about your, the kingdom has been rent from you. It was the anointing or the power of God that was taken away from Saul and it was replaced with an evil spirit and the Lord gave that power, that authority, that anointing to David and it remained with David from that time forward. Now I've spent a good deal of time tonight talking about the moments of scripture and I'm sure there are many others where the spirit of the Lord moved upon people and quickened them perhaps to do things that were in some cases supernatural. I'm sure that almost everyone, if not most everyone, could speak of times where the spirit of the Lord moved upon you. Maybe you didn't take up the gates of a city and carry them to a hill or maybe you didn't pick up a jawbone and slay things. Maybe you didn't do anything like that but where the spirit of the Lord just moved powerfully in, in, that, in your life where the spirit of the Lord just moved and he gave us strength. Amen. In that moment, he touched us. In that moment, he encouraged us. In that moment, he may have directed us. In that moment, he may have confirmed something in your spirit, something that maybe you've been praying about and the Lord just in that moment 
touched us. I'm very thankful for those, if I may respectfully refer to them as energizing moments. I'm thankful for those moments where the anointing of the Lord just moves and, and it just stirs us and it takes us to another place. But what I have needed more than anything else in my life, I appreciate those things and I've asked the Lord, I've talked to the Lord about what I'm preaching here this evening and I'm, I'm, I'm resting and relying on the fact that the word says he's a discerner of the thought and the intent of my heart. And so I'm not speaking disrespectful of his moving and I would never want him to remove that from my life. But more than I have needed those moments where the spirit of God quickened or empowered me, amen, or the spirit of God just lifted me, I have needed the Lord to sustain me, to just keep me in the way. Because sometimes those are seasons and not just mere moments. Sometimes those are seasons and not just a service. Amen, I'm thankful for the times where God held my hand. Amen, as the old song said, keep me safe. <laughs> Praise God, keep me safe till the storm passes by till the storm passes over and the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast and let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Just keep me safe till the storm passes by. Praise God. All throughout the Bible, you will find, I feel the Holy Ghost, I feel the Holy Ghost sneaking in here on us tonight. Amen. All throughout the word of God, you will find words like keep, kept, preserved, established, or established. And the list, I'm sure, could go on and on. When Asaph in the book of Psalms found himself overwhelmed at one point when he saw the prosperity of the wicked, he so transparently stated, <laughs> and I'm so glad that it was written for the ages, that my feet well nigh slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. I almost threw up my hands. I almost threw in the towel. I almost just said I've had enough. I almost cried uncle. I almost said enough is enough. I almost cast in the chips. I almost threw in the towel. But then the spirit of the Lord took him by the hand and he led him to his house. He said, until I went into the house of the Lord and I saw therein, and when I saw therein, I realized that God really did have his hand on me. I'm talking to you tonight about the keeping power of the Lord until your miracle comes about, until the storm passes over, until there is a break in the clouds. I've got good news for you tonight. You may seem like you're gonna be swallowed up. It may look like that time, circumstance, and the situation you're going through is gonna gobble you whole, but can I tell you that what you need more often than you need the quickening power of God in a, in a service is the sustaining power of God in a season. Praise God. Sometimes it takes getting through something looking back on it, to realize that God had his hand on you all the time. <laughs> you look back and you go, wow. In the midst of it, we were suffocated nearly 
In the middle of it, we didn't know if we could catch our next breath. Amen. The blows were coming so fast, we could hardly, hardly even keep our sanity. But you look back and you realize that God had you in the hollow of his hand all the while. In 1982, I was involved in an automobile accident that left me out of work for seven months or a little more. And that created a lot of things in our life. We'd only been married a little over two years, and so we were certainly newlyweds, and we were, we were still trying to adjust to one another. Can I get a witness? For all you folks that didn't have it hammered out in 30 days or less. So we're just still trying to get used to life. And then all of a sudden, life as we knew it was upended. And it created, not that we were having marital problems because of this, I'm just saying that it puts a lot of pressure on you. And, uh, and now my wife had to take on a second job, so she's working day and night, and that's the truth. And she would drop me off at my mom and dad's like an infant, <laughs> And they would take care of me during the day. And uh, I felt helpless primarily because I was. It took just a few seconds for a car coming my way to veer into my lane and hit me head on. It took just a few seconds for that collision to happen. But that was nothing compared to the aftermath. That would most literally take years to pull out of. Amen. The financial stress... And the strain of that lasted for a number of years. It was a very, very slow, it was an instant entrance to a valley, but a very, very slow and methodical journey out of that valley. I was, I was just reminded, thinking about this this afternoon, I was just reminded of something and was talking to my wife about it. I told her, I said, I've already pre-preached this because she got some of this at home. You know, that's why she's able to just sit there and maintain herself. She's already wanted to run several times. But, <laughs> but I, I was, I'm going to need a place to stay. Sister Melinda, I'm going to need the, the evangelist quarters tonight probably. But they had seated me on the platform. I had a cast on nearly up to my, nearly up to my hip. My jaw was wired to and, and, um, and during the course of that service, I could barely get around. That's absolutely no joke. And I was seated on this side of the platform, and man, the Spirit of the Lord started moving in that service. And the power of God just began to move. And all of a sudden, and I mean this as literal as you want to interpret it, when I came to myself, I had shouted all the way across the platform on one leg, and I was standing over here. When I opened my eyes, I looked, and I don't know how I got from there to there, except that the Spirit of the Lord quickened and and uh and i'm thankful for that quickening power and please i hope i'm making sense but you see more than i more often than i needed the quickening power to shout on one foot from one side of the platform to the other i needed the lord to just hold my hand i just needed him to sustain us and keep us and hold us and and we needed him and and now i i believe with all of my heart that the lord could have moved upon somebody's heart anybody's heart, saved or sane or sinner alike, and they could have just paid every hospital bill. And you know, there are people in this world that could have paid every penny of that and never even missed it. That's just not how he chose to do it. 
but he saw us through it. He just kept us. <laughs> and at times when we would get bills in the mail and go, oh my word, are you kidding me? I don't even have a job. I couldn't work if I had four. The Lord could have prevented the accident. He could have stepped in the emergency room and healed me. I could have got up and walked out. <laughs> when I was in the emergency room waiting to go into surgery, my wife and my mother and my dad were allowed to come in one at a time and see me before I went into surgery. And so my wife came in first, I believe, and they had my head taped down as a precaution. It's normally, I guess, protocol. And so I can only see things like right here. So my wife came. And she was standing there comforting me. And she was very upset, of course. And, and, uh, and then the next person to come in, she left. The next person to come into the room was my mother. And for those of you who know my mother, you'll get this next part. I saw my mother coming in my peripheral vision. And then she disappeared. I found out later that she fainted. <laughs> and uh, and uh, <laughs> my mother could faint on command, so don't. Just <laughs> Absolutely. I can, just remember, I can just remember my mother on many cases. I'm going down. Boom. I mean, she would just be, she would just, just be it. Just be it. I'm just, I didn't mean to make this comical, but I just happened to think about that. But in a weird way, it sort of tickled me when I saw her and I didn't because I knew where she went. I knew she's, she's, and they've got another medic team running there after her now. But my dad, my dad came. My dad was standing over me and I most literally felt my dad's tears dropping on my face. And the only thing he said was, this is only a test. And he turned around and walked away. And I held on to that. When we had bills we couldn't pay, when we had questions we couldn't answer, God spoke to me and said, this is only a test. I'm talking about the keeping power of the Lord. I'm thankful that he moves. I'm thankful for the surges of his spirit to pull sinners off off of a pew and into an altar of repentance. I'm thankful for the surging of his spirit that reminds me that it is still yea and amen and I have this. But I'm gonna tell you what I, what I really have, a, and I love that, but what I really have a deep appreciation for is to know that he is holding me right now in the hollow of his hand and he is keeping me. He is preserving me. Amen, he's holding me up when I don't have the power at times to hold myself up and when I don't even have the wherewithal to realize that he is holding me up, I look back. Amen, I've said many times, you gotta get through it to turn around and look and you realize that God was just holding you. Think, how in the world did I get through it? How did I march through that? I'm gonna tell you, it wasn't all just guts and glory, but it was the power of God that was just holding us. Amen, there was no electricity, no choir in the background that was swaying to the beat of the music. It was just God that said, I'll never leave 
save you and I'll never forsake you and I'll go with you. I'll go all the way even to the end. I'll just hold you. How will we get through it? How, what will we ever do? We, we're going to get through this somehow. Amen. It has rained a whole lot in this, in this world and it's rained a long time at times, but it's never rained forever. Amen. It always is going to come to an end. The wind may blow and it may surge against us and the storm surges may, of life may seemingly wash everything that we own away, but the wind's not going to blow forever because God has it. And in one instance in Mark chapter 4, Jesus just stepped to the bow of the boat and said, Peace, be still. And the winds stopped and the waves stopped. And the men that were with him who had watched him break bread and pour out and give and heal said, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. I'll tell you what manner of man it is. It's a keeping God. It's a preserving God. Amen. It's a holding God. Amen. I'm going to ask my wife to share something with you here this evening. He just asked me this right before church. When I was pre-preaching. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you glad you weren't at our house? Yeah. Evening? That's why it's good to be me. <laughs> on August 2016, on the 21st, First, on the 18th or 19th, my sister called me and said that the doctors want us to be at the doctor's office in Lakeland on Monday morning, that they needed to see all of us and talk to us, and this was on the 21st, and so when we got there, before this, my mom had been out of it, totally out of it, and we were going to have to make decisions. I knew that was coming, but on the way down, I just kept telling my husband, I've prayed, and I did. I prayed seriously. God, please don't let me make, have to make that decision. I don't want to be the one to say no more treatments. I just, I didn't want to be the one. I didn't want my brother and my sisters to have to do it, but I didn't want to be the one. So I asked God, we prayed, but I had been asking God myself, just please don't do this. Don't ask me to do this. When I got down there, mom had been out of it, so the doctor was standing in the hall, and she was laying there, but she wasn't talking, she wasn't responding. And so he said, I'm making this short, he said to my sister and me that there was nothing else that they could do and that we needed to make a decision. And at that moment, my mother spoke up, and I will cry, I'm, I'm not apologizing, but my mother spoke up and she said, what did he say? Is it an, is it?" Is there nothing else I can do? And I said, no, ma'am, there's not. So mom said, it's enough. And she said, walk away while I can do this. That was her words. And so she told him, no more treatments. And then from there, it was just like a blur because then it started moving along. But what I wanted to say was that God held me through that. There was such a turmoil in my mind and stress that we were going through with everything and all the decisions I was having to make and so much stress that it really was working on me and I didn't think I had the strength to do it but in that little moment it might have been little to somebody but in that moment I needed him more than I had ever needed him because that was my mother and so mom made the decision and after that mom was out again and that was it so I am so thankful for God's keeping power Amen. it's keeping power His keeping power. <laughs> he just holds our hand. 
He just walks with us when we can't see the next step. And we certainly don't know what's around the next corner. But he just keeps his hand on us. I also felt led to call Brother Wayne Williams this evening. just about 30 minutes before church or so. And I asked him to do something similar. So when he answered the phone, I said, how you doing? He said, I'll let you know when you get through telling me why you called. <laughs> See, generally when a pastor calls you at that, that moment, he's saying something's happened. I need you to preach tonight. So he wasn't going to tell me how he was doing until he got confirmation. But I want you to share something with us. I thought I was going to have to turn around and get back to the house. But anyway, I, I guess what I'd like to share with you is that when Sharon and I started going to church, um, as I told you before, we never we never talked about church, and so. But anyway, um, my Sunday school teacher was part of the folks um, by the island that started the church there, um, and I put Sister Georgette Mathis right up there in the heavenly choir. She was just a sweet, sweet lady. She put up with me when I was a young boy. So anyway, long story short, when we started going to church, she took Sharon underneath her wing. And um, she was never critical of Sharon. Um, and you know, um, in our life uh, serving God, we think a little different, Brother Darrell. And, uh, but Sister Georgette was ever caring and ever tender with Sharon and never told her, um, Brother Jack, what she had to do, what she must do, or any of that kind of stuff. She just was that light. She was that example. And I thought about that coming over, how that at that moment it didn't seem like a big thing. Uh, but Sister Linda, now it's a huge thing, you know, because see what Sharon, Sharon's, and she's been made fun of the way she dresses. Her sisters make fun of her hair. Um, you know, it's hard. It's not hard, Brother Dave, being a man serving God, but it is sometimes difficult being a lady serving God because people just, Brother Jerry, you know what I'm saying? They just, but she's really been really good about all that. It aggravates me. I just tell her just to talk to them, but she don't talk to them like that, like I would. But anyway, um, because that, but anyway, and so, but I guess what's, what, what really is wonderful to me is, is she got it for herself, Brother Tim. You know what I mean? Sister Georgette didn't hand her a bunch of rules and all that stuff. She found God on her own. She, she got beside her bed and she sought God. She got the Holy Ghost and the God led her into all that. So when people ask her all that, Sister Patty, she's got an answer. It's just God. It's her relationship. So anyway, I'm hurrying this up. So anyway, when Chief, when we was at Mount Zion, some of those folks said, hey, look, we need to drop the level here a little bit. You don't have word for all that you want us to do. And my cousin told me, said, you know, you, I, I don't want my wife looking like she dropped out of the 1800s. He said, um, man, we just, we just don't want that. And so I said, man, that's horrible, you know. And I so I went home and I told honey, and I said, this is where we're at. And she said, well, look, she said, uh, she said, if you want to keep going to church there, Brother Ryan, you just go ahead. That's fine. She said, but I'm not going to church there. She said, what I got is what God gave me. See, this ain't somebody's religion. This ain't somebody. This is what mine and God's relationship's all about. So, Pastor, I appreciate a wife, and I tell her all the time, I said, I appreciate that outward pressure didn't make you do things that you didn't want to do. 
It wasn't a husband. It wasn't kids. It wasn't co-workers. It was her relationship with God. And I'm so thankful because this world would tell you and, and make you want to line up the way they think. But, you know, I believe, Brother Mike, the Bible's pretty clear on how we should conduct ourselves and how we should dress and how we should act. And I'm thankful for a while. She really, I really got to, you know, I heard a preacher say the other day or some time ago about um, for better or for worse. I definitely got the better and she's got the worse. But I am thankful. He will keep you. He will keep you. When I say it doesn't matter what you're going through, I'm not trying to demean what you're going through. But I just say no matter what I'm walking through, God's arm is strong enough to keep me. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Why don't we stand together? God... He could step into any situation and he could turn it all around in a moment of time. I've, I've told this on my dear pastor so many times, but it, was, it, it was, was and is true. In the middle of all that mess that we were going through, I just was in search of answers and and I just thought, surely if I talk to my pastor about this, God will speak to him and he'll have just this revelatory word and it's going to turn all this around. And in his own unique way, when I got to pour my heart out, he said, you just keep plugging along and you'll pull out. <laughs> well, when you're drowning, that's, that's not altogether comforting words. When you're taking on water every other breath. But you know what? He was right. He knew what he was talking about. Because he knew the God we were serving. You just keep plugging along. And you're going to pull out. Amen. It was incremental. And it seemed horribly, horribly slow. It seems some days we made no progress at all. But when I look back on it now. I just see how God navigated through all of that. And if he had just wiped it all the way, I wouldn't know how to trust him in certain areas like I trust him now. I wouldn't know how to believe when it's said. I wouldn't know how to really embrace that. When someone talks about what I'm talking about tonight, I can raise my hand and I can say, I have been there. And I have watched God move against impossible odds. Amen. He was, it's the song, right? One songwriter said, he was there all the time. Job realized it later. One moment in his life, he couldn't find it, but he realized it later. He was there all the time. He was there all the time. Amen, amen. God bless us. Let's lift our hands. and Jesus, can we just open our mouth and thank him? We just heard a couple of samples tonight, but you know what? You've got your own stories to tell. And if you want to just let your mind go back there and just thank him one more time. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. 
For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.